week's episode of Tribal Research Specialists, the podcast, a podcast about tribal people, our communities, and discussions on research traditions. We aim to uncover the true meaning of research methodological approaches that are currently operating in tribal life, with implications for tribal communities and avenues for knowledge production. So that's uh, that's what you call the old time war dance, the sewench. Now apparently that was the old old name for the old old time war dance. Now what that was, I don't know. Wasn't alive then. Not a lot of detail uh, saved from those time periods. There wasn't tape recorders, you know, those kind of things. But Apparently, now this is the history, and we've talked about this before, but uh, Paul Antone, he's the one who said, you know, around uh, 1873, very specific, he has a very specific date and year, he said he was with a party of Salish folks uh, on their way to the plains to probably run down some buffalo or what have you, and he ran into uh, some of your folks and uh, observed yeah, observed them uh, doing what they uh, termed the grass dance. And um, apparently what he said at this time was that uh, the your folks and my folks had a very similar war dance way prior to the introduction of this grass dance way. Prior to. So uh, I guess it starts, it starts to uh, make me wonder or um is the word introspect i don't know what that is i'll have to ask a psychologist to introspect if you will or to to think well what are, i wonder what other areas that we uh commonly assume as uh maybe quasi-traditional or uh from the old times or that is old timey that may or may not be one of those things i wondered and i thought maybe was a little more resilient than some of the dances was like the the um like the structure of uh leadership i don't know i don't know but i'm just curious about that because uh, apparently some of the uh, notable things and these seem pretty resilient to me um from you know the the mid 1800s up until the last of the chiefs but um you know, a, a, a chief, a chieftainship, I suppose. A lot of people think of them as hereditary, passing from father to son, son to father to grandson, etc., etc. However, that was not always the case, apparently. And someone could uh, and uh, refuse to be a chief. They could say, "Nah, I, I, I'm not up to the job. I don't think I'm." Uh, I'm not good enough, I'm not admired by the people, or I'm too poor, those kind of things. So oftentimes, the hereditary nature of a chieftainship could be, uh, could be stopped in that way. And, and apparently, and I don't know how true a lot of this stuff is, but apparently um, it was pretty rare for a hereditary chieftainship to uh, pass through three generations before there was some turnover. Now I don't know what is your what is your thoughts on on that tradition from your area? Well, <clears throat> or is this a total curveball? 
curveball. You're curveballing me. That well, okay. Um, well, field it, man. You can get it. Hips down, elbows in. Hips down. Glove on the ground. <laughs> Glove on the ground. Oh man, chin level, not chin down. Chin level. <laughs> Boom. Glove on the ground. Um, my daddy so I say, "Glove on the ground. Make a wall." So, um, what I would say is that for the crow, uh, there's no real evidence to show that hereditary chief was ever a thing. Right. Um, but I mean, that's not to say it, it's not possible for someone's son to become right. a chief, but that's not necessarily how things happen. So yeah, at least in the historic time period of the crow, you were defined yeah. or you were eligible to be a chief based on achievement. Um, that that didn't make you a chief just because you accomplished those achievements. People had to follow right. you, you know. Right. You didn't run yeah. for chieftainship. You know, you weren't like, I'm running, right. guys. People just follow you. <laughs> and then once you become a leader of, of a group, then you ascend up the ranks. But <clears throat> this is all predicated on three major things. For one, the accomplishment of and the collection of war deeds. That's major. Two, mm -hmm. character. You know? Yeah. That's an important. Yeah. One. Hey, um, hey, your um, your mic is rubbing around on your zipper there, creating a lot of noise. Is that better? Still getting some rubbage, but not as bad. Oh, what's it rubbing on? Rubbing on your collar, man. My collar. Rubbing on your polo. It's a Columbia Costco find. <laughs> you know about them Costco finds? Oh yeah, you just strolling. You just want to get like a, a cheese and cracker a snack or a. Try the king salmon that came in with the, with the garlic. Oh, butter. I was just gonna say the garlic butter. <laughs> <laughs> and then you you walk across this table filled full of shirts, and they're and like, like nine dollars. Uh, like, yeah, I bought three I, Columbia I, sweaters there. Yeah, I even have an all edit. the same color. No, I don't. No, I got a green one and a blue. <laughs> Not one. Not there yet. Not there yet. Oh, then good. I got a um, an Eddie Bauer. <laughs> oh, so you know I'm kind of. Oh. I'm kind of styling. You're kind of a big, yeah. You kind of you got the name brand. You got the different colors. Yeah, and the fact that you even have a Costco card—that's a mark. Well, that could be a chieftainship quality. Well, and I think I think we're even like gold <laughs> members, I think, or something. <laughs> you know, the other day I went. In you the, get a free passport picture every year. I went. Or in, I went in, we went into Costco. This is a couple of weeks ago, and I bought a, a six pack of spam. <laughs> Misty was like, "What are you doing?" So, uh, I mean, it's it was cheap, you know. <laughs> Low sodium, twenty percent or thirty percent less sodium, dude. That's the one you have you to get now. Get once it. You past thirty, yeah. And then you, you cut them it. into the small slices. You put a little bit of cheese on them and just fry them up. Oh man! And you got. I mean, then you now toast some bread, make a little spam cheese sandwich. Hmm. <laughs> If if you were into commodities, I grew up with commodities. It was called oh, luncheon yeah. meat. Oh yeah, and I actually think yeah. luncheon meat tastes better than spam. I would agree. It had more flavor. It had more flavor, less sodium. But I I used to love yeah. the uh, commodity powdered eggs and the luncheon meat and mix it together. Yeah. Well, the only thing about the the luncheon meat, you know, it wasn't conveniently square like the no. Eggs. It was they in that. Two, the, it was in that. Um, can the silver yeah, can the tin, yeah 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 so did you that was all right oh, did you ever yeah. used to color the uh commodity boxes the the um cereal <laughs> boxes <laughs> no i didn't do that <laughs> i was like no i got <laughs> i remember they were white i got through yeah yeah i got through many boxes of uh corned flakes but <laughs> not uh didn't color any of those. Uh, maybe I did. I don't remember. You probably. You anyway, did. so let's. I might have. What? What do you now? Let's get back to this oh, thing. Okay. You're okay yeah. About. Yeah. 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 What, what was I saying? Accomplishments. Oh. I don't uh, um, <laughs> oh. So I would say war deeds, character, war deeds, character, and then spiritual power. I would say. Um, right. 
and I could be wrong. Mm-hmm. I know of no head, no band chief or head chief yeah. that was without spiritual power. Right. You know, even, even, um, even the, the least talked about chiefs in our history possessed. I mean, yeah. You weren't going to ascend through the ranks without spiritual yeah. power. So, the crows actually have a, a pretty sophisticated ranking system. So our military ranking system and our societal ranking system are the same pretty, you know, the, the yeah. first, the first um, position is what we call a little toe. And that's, oh, really? yeah, that's like a helper, like someone who just kind of mm-hmm. helps out and and that's specific too, to an age. So you're, you're anywhere from nine to 12 years old. And, no and you'll go and first I heard of this and you'll yeah. go to war with a war party. They might take two or three little toes with them and they're, they kind of stoke the fire and um, gather. Oh, right. They won't engage in battle, right. but, um, and that, that age I'm sure varied throughout time, but you know, it, it could be yeah. anywhere nine to probably 14, you know? And right. then after right, right. that, you you ascended into just aktuhia, which means uh, just the warrior, the ones who go to war, you know. So it's like mm-hmm. warrior proper, right? Yeah. Then you could become a scout. Chicha. That's, that's different than a warrior. Yep. I mean, is it, a, is it a level up or is a, a it level, just a different no, role? No, it's a level up. So if you're... Oh. By the time you're a warrior, yeah, you should at this point have your own medicine now. You're no longer borrowing the spiritual power of somebody else. So mm. in the old days, some a war leader might say, you can use my medicine when you go into this, but um, eventually you'll go in fast or, you know, it yeah. could be yours. Even if it's given to you by somebody else, but it, it kind of has to become yours, you know? And then, and yeah. then, and then you, after that, you become an old man scout, Chetizaka. And the old man scout mm. is the leader of the scouts. And then they always say uh, the leader, uh, the war leader. But then I, I kind of yeah. feel like the next, it's, it's a lateral move, the, the old man scout and what they call the pipe carrier. Yeah. So the pipe carrier is Ipche Akula or Akule, and that's the one who carries the pipe. He's the boss. When you go to war, it's his it's his war leader's pipe that's guiding you there, and that's a big deal, you know. And hmm. and it was even a big deal to steal those pipes from the enemy, the war leader's pipe. Oh, really? Yeah. Huh. Um, a chief named Grable. His medicine song says, I'm going to steal the enemy's medicine pipe, which is pretty cool. Hmm. Um, and then after that, you become a band chief. So the crows hmm. had three three bands of the crows, and you could become yeah. um, a band chief. And then in order to be what they call uh, the owner of the camp, which is the leader of all three bands, you have to be one of these like hmm. so um and the last owner of the camp meaning the 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 last to be the chief of all the crow chiefs was a guy named sits in the middle of the land awakewilawaja and hmm. he died hmm. in about he was at the fort laramie treaty signing in 1851 and he died in roughly the 1870s i think of pneumonia and hmm. But the last leader of the Mountain Crows was and died in 1940 or 34, I think, um, was Chief oh. Pelikus. Uh. Yeah, and so there wasn't, it, it, um, I don't know of any other leaders. Now, there's kind of a spiritual ascendancy too, because equivalent to the chiefs, of the crow were what yeah. they call the lodge erectors. The lodge erectors own the ceremonial lodge of the tobacco society. Hmm. And those are still in existence. 
those are they're not they're not the chiefs as the one you've, you've no, mentioned they're just still, leaders of particular yeah, things of the hallmark ceremonial way of the crow the thing that defines us the leader the leaders of those the, the lodge erectors they're they're paramount they're like the chiefs chiefs would go to them for advice especially if they were in in the society you know yeah so those four deeds though those four main deeds that are needed to even be considered uh, to be in the running is the capture of an enemy's weapon the touching of an enemy without killing him the lead to lead a successful war party and then to uh, uh cut a picketed horse hmm and if you did all those then you were eligible then you then eligible yeah doesn't mean you are no it doesn't mean you are and the last person cuz you still have some things yeah the last yeah, person ahead. to uh, who have accomplished on record to have accomplished those four things was uh, joe medicine crow in world war 2 he did all those during World War yeah, II. Yeah, he did all four of those things. Mm-hmm. Now, there's people argue about that because they'll say, well, he had to have been a pipe carrier to lead a successful war party, which he was not. That's like tomatoes and potatoes. Getting technical. Yeah, getting real technical. <clears throat> huh. And then on top of that, there was other deeds that one could collect, like what they call the deed of the day, which was uh, the war leader on that particular expedition would say, this (laughs) is the deed. And he would proclaim something. The first one to run through the camp will get the deed of the day. Uh, And there was another one. If you saved an enemy in battle or saved a, a comrade in battle. Yeah. Yeah. Those didn't Almost count like a challenge. as four main ones. Yeah, they yeah. were just like, uh, you could say, like a subclass of deeds. Right, right, right. So it got it got pretty uh, complex because then it revolves around war societies, which is the foxes, the lumpwoods, the muddy hands, and the big dogs, and the crazy dogs, which was more of a vow, and there was all this other yeah. stuff, you know? Yeah, that attached itself to a very complex war culture. Huh. Now, I don't, I don't suppose, and maybe I'm wrong. I don't. Probably very little of that exists today, as far as who leads the the tribes, the tribe today. Is that true? Well, uh, be, or, um, yes and no, right? Um, yeah, I would say that that war system for all purposes purposes right but the uh-huh. value of deeds is still very high and needed it's needed for ceremonies in fact when they say right. the so nowadays nowadays um uh just like any tribe if so, some misfortune comes to you you might invite somebody yeah. to your home or something and say hey can you pray for us and they might pray for yeah. you and how, however that matters in the old days when a misfortune would happen you would call upon a veteran to tell a war deed. Yeah. And the war deed is a reversal of bad luck. Because he might say hmm. something like, I engaged the enemy and I, I came, I returned untouched. Yeah, That's like a validation of some good luck happening to that individual. And, so he's, and then he would say, I'm going to give that good fortune to you. So that's hmm. that's that's that still does happen to some degree, and that's actually where the tradition of um, when when a feather drops at a powwow and they'll say bring a veteran. Yeah. He's supposed to. So, <clears throat> in the original grass dance ceremony or the daytime dance ceremony or whatever tribe calls it, when an article yeah. fell off of your outfit that was deemed to be like. Well, you put it on because it's ceremonial. Your bustles, your your uh, dance regalia was part of the ceremony. So any misfortune that happens within the ceremony is kind of yeah. considered like, well, maybe that shouldn't have happened. So they'll say, yeah. well, let's, let's have someone who had seen the enemy reverse that. So they, they might come in and pick it up and they'll say, 
you know, I touched my enemy and he didn't touch me back. And then they'll hit the drum, right? And everybody, then it reverses it. And then that goes into a little pile of things. And at the end of the dance, the song is sung and that is returned. It's returned back to its its owner. But um, I'm kind of getting off track here, but your question was more about... (laughs) guess like the, is there remnants of that left right yeah and i would say the war deeds the using of war deeds is still used and um right and there are things that are from the old war societies that are still in existence you know the uh, fox society songs the lumpwoods and the crazy dog songs are still alive but yeah. also what they call the warriors homecoming which is the Basically, it's the scalp dance and this thing called the Shoshone dance. Um, yep. the, you could say the daytime dance ceremony is part of that. And then a thing called the long dance. Those still are in existence, although they're not as common as they used to be. Even within my lifetime, they're not as common, but yeah. they do exist. There's still people who know how to conduct those ceremonies, you know. Right, right, right. But as far as... Uh, Sorry, I, I, I mean, rambled. No, no, I mean, like current. So I'm, I'm, I'm trying to examine what, um, you know, what is still, uh, what is still existing and thriving today. Of course, a lot of it can't be, but I'm wondering what, uh, <clears throat> you know, as far as like, so, uh, you know, some, uh, some tribes have business councils, tribal councils. Some people have a chairperson. Yeah. In their cabinet. I mean, we're pretty now, much a modern. Um, tribe with our chairman is what's alive is all the fringe stuff. So our chairman is still considered the supreme leader of the tribe where like, where I would say in in other, other tribes, the business council almost seems like it's like this thing over here where among the crow, the chairman still is considered that. In fact, in crow people referred to him as Bajicha or, you know, the chief and, um, and then he has advisors, which is equivalent right. to the old chief days when the chief, he would surround himself with uh, former retired war leaders and law directors. Uh, and then right. he would have his own spiritual kind of, this is my guy, my medicine man, you know? Yeah. Um, I don't like to use that word, but um, he would, he would do that, you know? And then of course he's, as long as his medicine is potent, that helps yeah. the success of the tribe, you know? Right. So then in so, general, you could say their, uh, their influence is still pretty great. Probably not yeah. as influential as once. Yeah. There's probably fractions who don't agree, etc. If you know what I mean. Yeah, which which you could even argue that's a carryover from the old days because in the old days, if you didn't want to follow that chief, you could still follow someone. You go and follow someone else, you know? Right. Which people say like uh, tribal politics involves a lot of factionalism, which is, that's the way it's always been. It's just that it seems dysfunctional because it's just counter to, to, we're supposed to respect the office now, right? Right, the office of the presidency, the office of the chairmanship, whatever that is. In the old yeah. days, if you wanted to follow this guy, uh, candidate A, you just followed him or her. Right. Yeah. So it's kind of like this idea so, that, that kind of gets stuck in people's same. heads. Yeah. Yeah. That that there's a there's one one large tribe with one large leader. But that's not necessarily yeah. true. I don't yeah. think that was the case that's... for any tribe, at least in the Rockies and in, in the Plains. I don't think yeah. um, they, I don't even, I'm certain they didn't travel in these big groups where like it's right. like the Sioux where all the Sioux were together or even all the Salish. When you really start looking at like the bitter Salish and how many groups there were and where they were living, yeah, they're they're pretty independent of each other. Right. Right, right. That's why, like, when people say, when they say, well, I'm Salish and we traveled to the plains for Buffalo, uh, I don't even necessarily know if I believe that. I think they were just there. That's where they lived. Right. And, right, and right. so when the reservation era comes in, 
and all these groups get placed together, they mold their narratives together. So then, so some, so then they'll say like these stories become polished and they'll say, when we travel out to the plains, well, that might be true for this group that came from, from this, this area, but three of the other groups were art. That's just where they lived was the plains. They were just plains Indians. (laughs) Yeah. <laughs> right right so it's like uh some of the early estimates of population you know but prior to the horse you know it's in the in the tune of like thirty thousand salish you know oh yeah so so when you when you think oh well when we went to the plains <laughs> it's hard to picture thirty thousand people traipsing over to the plains you know and there's not <laughs> another tribe on the planet that would attack a tribe of thirty thousand people <laughs> There'd be no war stories. There'd be none. So um, when they say we attack the enemy camp, camp 30,000 people, I don't care who you are, (laughs) unless you have cannons or like, uh, and that's why, that's why when sitting bull, when sitting bull had his camp on the little bighorn, that's why it's, it was such a massive thing. Yeah. Unheard of to have that many people, in one area, 30,000 people. That's Helena, Montana. <laughs> that's the entire city of Helena. Just walking together. It's just, there'd be huge swaths of land just ripped apart. Yeah. Trampled. I think in the winter they got into bigger groups, you know, but for the most part, yeah, I think it was more like um, family groups scattered across a landscape. Uh, you kind of, you stay in communication and there might be groups of 30 to 40 to 50 people and kind of a concentration. But for the most part, right. um, I hear stories all the time of someone say, uh, me and my brother, they'll say in these old stories, we, we got our horses and we rode to our neighbors and their camp yeah. might've been 10 miles down the road, but they knew yeah. where they were down river and they'd go and stay there for a couple of weeks or, you know, right. it's, I don't think it's anything like what, what we've been taught. Uh, no, I don't think so. No. The biggest, the biggest hunting party that, you know, I, I kind of come across and certainly not complete, but a party of like uh, 1000 people or so. Yeah. And that, and that's I, a combination of tribes. And like, yeah. The, the fall. Yeah, yeah. 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 A big party heading over yeah, to the plains. Yeah. Yeah, you don't hear anything, or at least I haven't come across yeah. too much of anything larger than, you know, between 11 and 1,200 folks, you know. Yeah, and and really what I notice is, like, people who are caught up in, like, numbers and timelines, yeah. those are, like, mood points a lot of times in research. But there's entire right. projects based around, like, lodge counts, and it's like, okay, well, okay, we've established that there's a, ver- a fairly rough estimate of how many lodges and people are at this camp? Yeah. Now what? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's cool. It's cool, like information. Yeah. But for the most part, it's yeah. like, okay, well, what if you did prove there was 30,000 people at this village? <laughs> then what? What now? <laughs> then what? Yeah, pretty crazy. I, yeah, I just so it's the, it's, yeah. um, it's just that idea of uh, you know putting some real reality into into what we think about from the past, you know, and um, it, it sneaks its way into a lot of things. It does, yeah. and like I said, the danger of this is that tribal people that we believe that stuff now. Yeah, yeah, you know, yeah, it becomes so we believe- it becomes ingrained. Yeah, like I've heard this polished. I've been, I've lived in Flathead long enough now to, I've heard this polished narrative of when the Salish moved, went to the plains and hunted buffalo. And, and it's so dogmatic and it's so cut and dry. Even like, even like no other tribe smoked their meat the way we do our no. <laughs> it's just like, why would you even, these are pointless. Are, these are pointless, you know? These are not, this, this is not like, Oh, and I've even heard it from Crow, like when, when I, I said, oh, I really like smoked dry meat. And they're like, oh, like you're one of them flatheads now. And then, then I visit my <laughs> grandma and she say, and she'll say, and she'll say her grandma smoked meat. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, why wouldn't they? <laughs> make, Just like I'm sure there were Salish people who, 
I'm sure there was some Salish people that they just buy some meat once in a while. It's all situational. Yeah. It's like, well, let's just right, hang. We got to right, hang right. the meat. Let's just hang the meat. You know, it's like, yeah, we ain't got no whatever. Wood. Like, yeah, yeah. What is? I don't understand this. So crow people <laughs> are mountain people, much like the Bitterit. So this designation of Plains Indians and Plateau Indians, and it's not even a thing. So, so like, um, uh, when we say Plains Indians, we're not. At least I'm not referring to people who just live in the plains. I'm referring to a lifestyle. Right, right. Which a characteristic, put, which cultural I, characteristic. Yeah, yeah uh-huh. which I put the Nez Perce in there, the Shoshone in there, the Bitterroot Salish, uh-huh. even the Pondere. Um, yeah. I would even put Kudnis in there. I would put Sarsis yeah. in there. It's it's a it's a lifestyle. Like if I dumped in eight, in seventeen hundred, if I grabbed a crow man and dumped him in a Salish camp, is he not going to know what to do? Is he going to be like, <laughs> <laughs> I can't eat that smoked meat? <laughs> okay, oh, what do I do? I will not eat the smoked meat. <laughs> this, am I on Mars? Am I on Mars? You know, it's like it's not. Dude, they're going to live real similar, man. And it's um, I think where you get into real heavy differences is. Um, the logistics of ceremonial life but for the most part right. when they say oh well the kiowas were the lords of the plains they all every <laughs> they all were like <laughs> was there a crown yeah. or, a, or a throne somewhere was there, uh, was there like a tribe in the plains that just couldn't do it they were like we just can't get these horses figured out <laughs> <laughs> they're all i'm sure they're all pretty even i'm sure there was some that that uh, at least to w- white folk, they stood out in a certain way. And, yeah. and then, of course, within tribes, like some, some, for some tribes, I think the horse always kind of stayed utilitarian. I think it, there was some tribes that just kind of viewed them as yeah. a resource. And there's definitely some tribes that viewed them as like a spiritual being. But for the most part, I think every one of those were horsemen. They were horsemen. Yeah. Y- y- I mean, you kind of had to be. Yeah, I would. Yeah, I would. It's just like, it's like during World War One when they said there was people riding horses. I'm like, yeah, every guy could ride a horse. In eighteen, <laughs> in eighteen fourteen, every able-bodied male could ride a horse. I guarantee you. Right, right, right. Yeah, <laughs> uh, but but cer- but certain tribes were better than others, right? Yeah, yeah, they're well, you know the Kiowa, <laughs> the Kiowa, and the Comanche. <laughs> I get, I'm getting fired up because, I, uh, um. Anyway, let's just keep talking about what you want to talk about. Um. What's no, your next no, man. <laughs> well, my next this thought is, is, um, it is. My next thought is, uh, um. Let's listen to this next song, and then uh, I'll let the next thought out. Are you ready? Are you sure. singing uh some of the another of the old time songs kind of what you had uh referred to as in, in the in the crow way you know when they're sending the scouts out and i'm sure you guys had a familiar a familiar way of doing that but this they sing these songs around the camp we've talked about it before but this is one of the i guess one of the older songs i'm sure they all kind of are in this genre um but um, it so then again, you know, certain ones were selected 
like you said, some of the the younger the younger folks, you know, nine to twelve, just preparing to go on a battle. Same way uh, here in this region, you know, that a few of the younger ones, the novice warriors, would travel along, and they'd be the water fetchers, just like you said, you know, or they'd uh, erect their little war lodge wherever they were going to sleep, those kind of things. But uh, this this song would send send those warriors out onto their uh, onto their battles. But um, you know, one of the important things I think in this whole uh, well in this conversation that we had previous. And this one now, when we're speaking about war, uh, we have to also consider, you know, what 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 was war, and how did it define leadership, and importantly, what is the, I guess, the virtues of war, you know, and how the virtues of war uh, translate into the next step, especially for the the male, you know, in their in their leadership roles, but. Um, so when we're talking about virtues, you know, we, we can think of things uh, such as uh, bravery or um, uh, honesty. Um, some of the things that the, the, the a good chief would require, uh, you know, being hospitable, uh, generous, uh, having some degree of influence through their, um, uh, I guess, the way they speak. And, and again, like you said, their spiritual power, all those things kind of played into this, uh, this, um, I guess this, uh, I don't know what you call it, like a, like a complete uh, expression of virtue. Um, so what my question is, uh, and my next thought on that is how much of that, uh, that um, those qualities or those virtues, are we, uh, do we still hold uh, strongly? And how much of that do we, um, or have we, uh, I guess, um, adopted more of a mainstream approach, such as the idea of honesty? And I bring that up because, uh, you know, the boarding school kind of did a number on a lot of our, our folks. And, you know, they were, they were made to um, really embrace the idea of being dishonest so that they could uh, either avoid uh, getting in trouble, those kind of things. But um, I guess when you t speak about the, a code of morality, what were some of the more important uh, virtues that were held among the tribes? That was kind of my next thought. I mean, there's some obvious well, I ones. I mean, yeah. Yeah, go ahead. But I also think that this is where it gets really different from like a Euro Euro American concept of of moral and person and ethic and the terms might right. be the same like ethic and in both societies I I actually think that um tribal people have adopted do, because of the boarding school and the church and other efforts we've adopted this form of american popular culture and how we yeah. how we look at an individual this this is if we had a sponsor this is if we had a sponsor this is where our commercial would be <laughs> pringles chips there the lightest <laughs> fluffiest <laughs> <laughs> this is what, what is that law firm cup I had? This is brought to you. By. Oh yeah, yeah. Crowley and Flake. <laughs> Crowley and Flake. And yeah. Turning. Um, what else? Been an offender bender. Was, <laughs> yeah. They've been an offender. Were you wrongfully terminated? Um, <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh, yeah, right. so adopted right. uh, the adoption of uh, of uh, mainstream qualities. That's, yeah, which this, is like, I mean, which nobody even does. The the truth is, is that standard was created, and the very country we live in does not adhere to it at all. This yeah. country was not founded on those qualities of honesty and the whole Ten Commandments thing, and and like right. uh, morality and ethic. What what I think tribal viewed the most important was more of a a reciprocal relationship with with morality and with uh success and different things is those around you yeah. 
Are they healthy? Are they closed? Are they fed? And are they finding success? And if you have a household people and all of them are in that position, someone might look at you and say, well, he clearly is making the right decisions because around him success is happening. Now, so this idea of good and bad, at least for the crow, historically or traditionally, we did didn't have the good and bad evil versus triumphing what it is is we're made up of both of them and Mm -hmm. and it's our job to kind of deal with this 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 thing within us and if i take a step in the right direction and then good comes from that then i take another step in that same direction now the moment i might hit something i might give it a few efforts and if that doesn't happen then clearly something is telling me to take a step in a different direction and 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 i i think i mean that's a really condensed version of what i'm trying to say but but i think nowadays native communities and i'm guilty of this too will judge an individual and will say wow he um he's done this and it's like, wow, that's really not, I think, how it was in, in the past. Because um, for one, we're basing wrongdoing on a standard that's set by a whole different way of thinking. Where right. it's right. like, well, his, his wife is healthy and is dressed nice. Or vice versa. Right. That the wife is seen as successful because her kids look good. Her home looks good. And and. They right. see her at uh, ceremonies and they're like, oh, she was chosen to bring this water in or whatever. That's all like because of decision making and, and just, you know, that's why I say like, I don't think Native people had goals, but we had direction. If that, if that right. makes sense. Like, I don't think it's very European or very American to be like, my goals are this. This is what I want to become. It's a no brainer for Indian <laughs> people to say, to be like, well, I want to become a, a badass warrior or I want to become a badass whatever ceremonial leader that that was the goals of native people you know so we don't need yeah. to say like well this by this year I'm going to do and it's not like that at all where I see it where I see it's uh, common is in jiu-jitsu like training Brazilian jiu-jitsu and much like probably wrestling your progression right. is on you it's uh-huh. not like oh you Shandeen, you learned a sprawl, a single leg, an ankle pick, and a back take. Therefore, you're at the next right. level. That don't no. It's how, are you proficient? Are you proficient in those? And that also means yeah. that your brother can get there quicker. You know, right. he can become more proficient. His technique is tighter, and he's he's he finds more success. That doesn't mean you're not going to yeah. get there. But maybe to right. the standard that we hold now, everybody else is here and they're all saying like, Sean Dean sucks. But <laughs> <laughs> it's like, it, that's not even like a thing. Like, I don't even think people thought that right. way really, you know, like it was more right. like, <clears throat> well, once you get here, then you're there. Then it's like, whatever, it's not even a thing, you know? So I kind of feel right. like that's how our society worked is, is everyone had the same goal was to become a black belt. Like in jujitsu, you want to be a black belt. But you don't say, yeah. I want to be a black belt. You just say, I'm going to learn these techniques and then become a blue belt. And I'm going to learn these techniques and become a purple belt or be proficient in these things. So I think our society was like, yeah, everyone wants to be a black belt. We don't need to. We don't need to. So the standard to get there <laughs> is different than like, am I, am I making any sense? <laughs> just, it, maybe just keep going oh, and we'll see if it clears up. I'm in the, I'm, I'm in the weeds here. <laughs> No, no, I get it. I get it. Okay, maybe I get it. Clear, clear uh, it up for the audience. Okay, well, well, you know, so we can operate off of like a binary of good and bad, you know, mm-hmm. and and put 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 things in a good column and good things in a bad column, but it's really it's very simplified. But it helps describe things, I guess, in a way. But really, uh, the the understanding um, and maybe other tribes share the the same belief, but. There really is, like you said, that the lines are very blurred between good and bad, and it's more the action of a person 
and and how they take or how they use something and in the way in which they use it it's it's similar to um um you know i guess how you how you, you would treat a person you know if you're if you're um um i guess a brave person you could you could be brave and go do bad things you know just indiscriminately uh, kill people with your bravery or you could use your bravery to uh to do good things and defend your um and defend your people in some way so the the virtue of bravery then can land in either a good or bad category but it's still brave either way you look at it yeah this is an interesting yeah, so it's the topic and it- yeah and and maybe we should yeah. dedicate like a whole podcast to this. To I think so because because there are there are other there are other virtues that that are not like that, like honesty. You know, honesty. I think now just let me contemplate that for a second. There's no bad way to be honest, really. I mean, you could be honest and hurt people's feelings. I guess be over honest. You know, <laughs> uh, well, I don't know. Well honesty don't get confused with the need to say something so i've i've heard people right. and i'm guilty of this this is because i used to think this well i'm just being honest so you'd say something yeah well that doesn't mean you have to talk honesty <laughs> yeah. doesn't mean you have to say say what's on your mind you know like right right, right. who cares what's yes. on your mind who cares what's on my <laughs> mind <laughs> So I guess in that way too, you know, honesty is one of those things that's a, a virtue that can be either good or bad. You can be overly honest in the way that you become a, you know, a gab, you know, you're just gabbing about everything you see and hear and you're, you're being honest. That's what I heard. You well, know, whether or not it's, honest opinion and honesty, know. I think are two different things. Right. Yeah. Right. If, if someone said, Aaron, did you steal that horse? yes or no that's a yes or no and i think that's yeah that's what you're talking about where there's no like right wrong way to be honest you're just honest now to say now you could argue you could say like um aaron do you want to steal that horse i could say well yeah no i mean i do <laughs> but i don't i'm telling you the yeah. truth but it's not anything i'm not telling you anything it's an honest opinion yeah. Yeah. And I think right. what people are confusing today, especially young people, is honest opinions are truth. Right. And they're not. Uh, they're yeah. not. Right, right. You know, right, right. unfortunately, big difference there. there's a big difference there. And I think nowadays, um, if you're from that 16 to probably 23 age, um, mm-hmm. they've been groomed to kind of believe that how they feel is valid. and. Well, I mean, I mean, it, I mean, it is. Yeah, it's valid. It is, but I guess should it be adhered to how how you feel, <laughs> yeah. and that that's a different thing, right? That's a whole different thing. Yeah. Like when people say, "Well, this yeah. is my truth." Well, and, and that's probably right. You're right. I can't tell you what your truth is, but what I can say is it means to me. <laughs> you know, like that's <laughs> it means what I you cut it out means there. you know. <laughs> And that's a that's something I've struggled with in my own life was right. thinking that right, right. because I said it it should it's valid it should be it should be it sh- it should be taken as like well Aaron's saying this this is what he feels no I've learned like yeah. that's not the way the world ro- works my truth could be a lie to you right and and right, my right. rights end where yours begin so it's not it's not this this idea of interpretation of honesty and dishonesty it gets starts to get real convoluted because we're so ingrained with the christian sense of honesty and morality yeah yeah even yeah. traditional people yeah no you're right so yeah that leads me to this this quest that i've been on and and i think that a lot of these podcasts we're we're trying to edge toward is you know what what is the how do we how do we get a collective sense of reality so then the truth when somebody speaks it, there's no question, you know, that mm-hmm. we, we will all collectively believe mm-hmm. that. And I don't know if that plays into this idea of individuality or individualism in the United States, where, like you said, my feelings are valid, no matter what your feelings are. 
you know, it, it seems like, and again, I don't know, I don't know, and I don't want to romanticize or, or you know, disnify the past, but it seemed like, it seemed like there was this collective truth, this understanding, and it seemed to be um, uh, embodied in a way in how people trusted their leadership in a way. But then again, you know, then again, we're, um, I may be romanticizing that thought because you can disagree with your leadership but you just got to go a different way, a different route with a different band, I guess, you know, and, and well, you see that happening today, just like we talked about earlier. So I don't know. I don't know if I'm, I'm on the right track on that. If, I don't if either. it's even possible. I don't even know if yeah, everything I, I said today. I, to me, <laughs> to me, this podcast, like tribal research specialist is like the think tank for like, I don't, I don't know a lot. You know, but I yeah. have a lot of thoughts and a lot of like, is this valid? So if someone's listening to this and say, no, Aaron, you're completely wrong about that. Email us. Tell me because I want to know. I'm all about learning. Yeah. And and I could be yeah. way we, off base, we, but yeah, but, but we my want sense, you on the podcast. We want you on the podcast. Yeah. yeah. Um, if you're out there listening and say, what a bunch of baloney. Hey, speaking of that, we should, have Mike, we should have Mike on soon. LeFron boys. All right. Let's do it. Yes, let's have a, a, re, a, re, a repeat. All right, let's do it. Well, there's um, a little more. This, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, the, I get you. Yeah, the tribal thing. Tribal the vibe is different. The vibe's different. Let's have them on. Um, but what I would say is that maybe yeah. we should dedicate a whole episode to just this idea of morality and these these virtues. In the crow story yeah. of the of the Big Dipper, the seven bighorn sheep, they saved this little boy. And they they give him the name Big Metal. He was thrown off of a cliff uh -huh. by his um, stepfather. But yeah, each of those bighorn sheep give him a gift, and the last one gives him a name. So, so there's this idea of like saying, "This is what we want for you," or "This is what you have." Some of them are tangible yeah. gifts, like the ability to run fast or to have uh, sure-footedness in the mountains. But then several yeah. of them give him like these virtues which is like honesty oh. um oh uh the the ability to say um to be steadfast right like deliberate right. in your movements and like how you speak and you say what you mean like they're giving him these things so i i would have yeah. to explore that story more to really understand at least a traditional sense of what these virtues are because essentially that's what we're talking yeah. about is individual virtues and what's an individual yeah. virtue versus a tribal one. Yeah. Yeah. That's an important one. That, that's an important one. And I've been, I've been going down this, this road for a, a good solid 10 to 12 years, trying to find examples in the historical narrative, in the oral history in the creation stories to, to hone in on what, might have been some of the important virtues and i think that it's for the most part it seems common across uh across i guess just the human spectrum you know of things i don't i don't think indians were any different than any other group of people you know as far as uh talking about the um the older tribal societies or tribal lives um, but they're just ex expressed differently in uh, in uh, different instances, and this idea of individualized truths becomes it becomes problematic. And I don't know where that comes in. I don't know which society that comes in in from. I mean, we can point the fingers at many different groups, but um, I I'm less interested in that and more interested in in saying, okay, what what is the what are the important virtues that held us together as a as a tribal group or tribal bands to have us all believe in a in a fairly uh, common set of things and um we lost we lost some of that and how how can we get that back if we can identify those maybe there's a pathway back i don't know i just that's just yeah. my, that's just my wish that's and the, my wish. Yeah, and the problem there though is virtue is tied so closely to Christianity that and I'm not yeah. saying Christianity is bad. What I'm saying is that it's foreign. The concepts yeah. are foreign. 
So, yeah. and I'm sure you could look through the, the Bible and find things. You say, well, this is exactly how tribal people think. That's fine. There's a lot of overlap in a lot of things. And I'm not saying right. anything negative. What I'm saying is if you're trying to find the authentic tribal form of uh, virtues, you have to separate yeah. yourself from the church or separate your culture from the church. The problem there is that some tribes have been dealing, well, like here, like Flathead's been dealing with this since the 1830s, like the late 1830s. So yeah, that's quite a long time to, to try to like, it is. to rip that organism away from each other. Right. And to say, well, well what's right. there? Cause then people are going to, if you ask about virtues, they're going to tie it directly, even unknowingly, to the Judeo-Christian form of virtue. I think the word itself even is a Christian word. Yeah, I think you're right. Can you have negative virtues? Um, you know what? Yeah, I mean, like I said, a virtue can go either way. It just depends on the, the, the end product. You know, like if you think of bravery as a virtue, it can be used good or bad. But I, I, I don't know. I, I I did a lot of reading on this a few years back. It's a little a little gray in my head. So I think we, I think if we did return with and talk about this specifically, I can revisit my notes on that and figure that out because I I, I seem to think all all virtues have a have a like this um like a a, a characteristic that's both good and bad. Well, I, so the, I have a the, question the, for you. The, yeah, yeah. I cut you off there and our listeners are going to be like, man, Aaron's chatty. This, what, what was he going to say? Yeah, what was he going to say? Were you going to say anything? <laughs> now we'll never know. I won't, I won't. I'll quit talking. What is it? Finish. You, you did it already. I'm going to, what do you want to know? A, I'm going to put a challenge out there a little bit. Let's do it. Can you, Let's do it. can you understand your own tribe's virtue and qualities the moralities of your tribe without being a practitioner of ceremony. Yeah. What's your thoughts? Well, I, I would say, um, I would say you could, uh, I, I, I would, I would guess that you would, you would have needed some sort of guide to gain that, uh, that particular virtue in a way. And, and I think the pathway to that is many, it's not necessarily, a um engaging in ceremonial life i think you can get it in other ways but i think the the importance of understanding your own history and your own traditions in in the context of that virtue would be stronger if it came from i guess a ceremonial or a practice, practitioner's uh, a way of uh, arriving to that but i i think the idea of um Maybe I'm wrong because now I'm thinking back to our, our discussion about <laughs> honesty. <laughs> oh, I don't know. But this is what I was going to say. So there's a there's like a maximum or like a breakthrough where where a virtue becomes ideal or like that's that's the that's where I want it to be. So I'm I'm not so truthful. I'm I'm just a gab, you know, and I'm 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 a cad walking around saying all my opinions as truth or everything I see, I'm repeating it, you know. That that guy's overweight. That kid's too noisy. You know, I'm I'm maximizing my honesty to the point where it's annoying, or I'm 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 I hold my honesty in so much that it becomes a fault where I'm not. I I what I do say is honest, but I don't say it enough. So then I'm reserving a lot of that and not imparting that honesty out where it needs to be. So there's some sort of maximum. In that, where, where you, you you're you're not saying too much, but you're not saying too little, so that idea of a virtue can can swing between good and bad. I think, I think that's just my thought. Yeah, so I would think agree a, with that. Yeah. I think, I think. Yeah, I if mean, you think of a, <laughs> if you think of another one like bravery, I mean, there's a big difference between bravery and courage, right? And stupidity. Bravery is. Yeah, bravery is this you 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 you're without fear. And sometimes you need fear to to guide your decision making. So bravery is not always the virtue you need. Sometimes you need instead you need courage. So you have fear but you're going to do that action anyway. Yeah, I think I think that's the difference. One of the differences with tribal people, warriors they say well they're brave. Well, 
I do think they were fearful, but I also think that's why they did it. I think they'd say, well, right. I'm going to do things that are scary. I want to collect yeah. deeds. I want people to say, Hey, Aaron's medicine is this, or Sean Dean's like this because he tested himself. If, if you were just an idiot, I'd be like, well, he's just, he's dumb. He doesn't, he doesn't know. He just runs in there. You know what I mean? <laughs> it's like, well, <laughs> no, he doesn't want to do it, but he's going to do it. And I think that's why those standards were set to be things that were, that brought fear. And I don't, I think yeah. tribal people have adopted this, especially tribal men. We've adopted this, this like a machismo, which I don't right. think existed before. I think it was more. It was more, I think they were men and they were the hardiest of men, but I also think they were like very in tune with like, well, I don't feel that right about this. You know, you had to be kind of yeah. had this sense of like, in, uh, you had to have strong sense of yourself and yeah. you had to understand like a good day versus a bad day. And like, it's much like, like, like boxers and MMA fighters and people in combat sports, I think understand that where like, um, the difference between courage and bravery, you know? Yeah. 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 There, there's a, there's definitely a difference in, uh, I think it needs to be explored a little more. I mean, I definitely don't have the answers. I have a lot of narratives from the, the, the literature and from the, the history here is instances of, of virtues and practice and kind of their, their origins or where they come from. Uh, and I also have a lot of, uh, narratives of the contrary where, you know, folks weren't so, and that, that's more, more recent where people are definitely not virtuous, <laughs> but, um, I, now it, it's just, I have this job of tying this all together to where people kind of understand the, the, um, the benefit of it. But then, like you said, importantly, how do you tie it? into um into practice because you can read about it you can you can list it categorize it but if it's not a practice then what's what good is it it's just a history book you know at that point so that's that's uh mm. i don't know mm. <laughs> mm. i just burned my tongue no man it's a tough one it's a tough one maybe i I guess we made an episode too because we've talked for a half hour about it. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Uh, yeah, let, I don't we know. need to. Uh, it, well, we need to hear from our audience. I, we do, we do, I, and I think we've, I think we've exhausted what we know about it at this point. Yeah, because I'm not but a psychologist. I'm not. Yeah, I, I think so. What else? What else aren't you? Oh man, I'm you're not wild. a postman. Not a postman. <laughs> Not a firefighter. That's my truth. That's my truth. <laughs> you know, one of the regrets, one of the, I have two regrets in life. Well, I have like 15 yeah. to 30 regrets. <laughs> you know, when you hear people say, I have no regrets. Yeah. I think it's such a sham when people say that. They're like, I have no regrets. I have a lot of regrets, like a lot. It's, they well, vary, yeah. right? The, on the spectrum of sure. like how impactful they are, but I for sure have a lot of regrets in life. I regret not taking college seriously earlier in life. I regret the time <laughs> I turned down a job and I, that could have led to, you know, but yeah. I regret, I wanted to be a structure firefighter <laughs> and I never pursued it. That's, a, that's a serious regret. Yeah. Like I always wanted to do well, you're not, not well, you're, you're young, you're young, man. Follow your dreams. I will. Maybe I will. I'll look into <laughs> it. I always, you know, there's a volunteer fire department. You just got to show up when that siren rings and when when duty calls. <laughs> when duty calls. You know, when I was a kid, there was a movie that came out called Backdraft. Yeah. Do you remember that movie? I, I do. Um, Michael Douglas was it? Michael Douglas and I think so. Uh. Can't the guy the young from guy's name. The, the guy from um oh what's his name yeah from uh i can't remember he's from but the movie that movie. had the apartments with with all the cameras in it and he was spying on everybody yeah no <laughs> what was that movie yeah. no wasn't that it no i think it no. was yeah was it no <laughs> yeah. no 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 i don't know what the uh, heck was that guy <laughs> 
Oh, Big Trouble in Little China. What's that guy, the main actor? That's not Michael Douglas. Oh, no, that's not Mike. No, uh, Michael Douglas. No. Um, that's um, uh, what is his name? Uh, Kurt Russell. Kurt Russell. Kurt Russell. Yeah. He's on there. So Kurt that Russell. Movie, yeah. Not well, Michael I wanted Douglas. to be a firefighter Kurt, after that. After I watched that William movie. William Baldwin was the young guy. Yeah. Michael, you wanted to be a firefighter after you watched that movie. Yeah. 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 W- a William Baldwin was the young, not just any old firefighter structure. No, like, yeah. yeah, I wanted to be a structure firefighter. I wanted to like the, <laughs> the red fire truck and like, I was just talking to Misty about this, <laughs> like yeah. a couple of days ago. I was like, you remember that movie backdraft? And I said, I want to be a firefighter. And we started talking about firefighting. And, <laughs> I don't know. I don't know either. That's an interesting, interesting regret. Thanks for sharing that. Well, um, it's my uh, truth. I, I, <laughs> yeah, nobody could tell me any different. Um, let's uh, let's cut her off there. All right, and then we'll hey, we're gonna, we're gonna ideas, revisit though. this though. Show ideas if if people out there got an idea for a topic they want to hear us uh, discuss or an idea for a guest even. Um, yeah, uh, hit us we're, up. We're we're getting back. Hit us up. Yeah. We're back on it. We're back on the podcast trail. This is gonna kick us back off. Um, yeah. Oh, and I was a guest. It. I was a guest on the Extreme History podcast a couple of weeks ago. So it's on Spotify. Yeah. If you guys want to listen to it, or go follow, or go search out, download the Extreme History podcast. I think it's called uh, something in the dirt, life in the dirt, or down in the dirt, or something like that. It's but it's check it out. If you just look up Extreme History Project. It comes up, so go follow. Google it. Extreme History Project. Yeah, it's on Spotify. Check them out. I've, I've seen it. Yeah, and it's on all where you get your podcasts. Well, we'll put the link in. We'll put the link in on this show. People can check it Ooh, out. Yeah, we'll put the link in the show notes. So you guys check it out. Let's do it. All right. Cool. Well, um, we're out then. We're out. See you down the road. Thank you for joining us on this episode. And if you want to learn more about what we're up to, go ahead and search Tribal Research Specialists in Twitter, Facebook, or YouTube, and uh, check out our other sites. And uh, if you want to contribute to the show, go ahead and look us up on Patreon. We would appreciate your donations.